Hey, Hopefuls, you're listening to Babes with Hope with your hosts, Jessa, Tash, and Rachel. I'm Jessa. I'm a Potter nerd, history buff, and loving dog mom, and I'm an expert at helping you connect to your intuition and authentic self. And I'm Tash, a fun-loving, adventure-seeking world traveler, and my expertise is in organizational goal-setting. And I'm Rachel. I'm a figure skating, gym-loving Disney nerd, and I'm an expert at helping you uncover your innermost thoughts and emotions so you can discover your inner champion. And together, we're Babes with Hope. Hey, Hopefuls. Welcome to another episode of Babes with Hope. This week is such a special episode because not only do we have our second guest joining us, but this guest is my bestest, bestest friend, David. Say hello. Welcome to Babes with Hope. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> We're so excited that you're Hi, David. here. Awesome. So I have a question to get you guys started. Uh, Jessa, David, how did you guys meet each other? Um, It was 2016. I had just moved to LA and I started an office job where I was an office assistant. I met this wonderful little receptionist. Oh my God, you're such a liar. You hated me in the beginning. No, I didn't hate you. I was, okay, I was put off. (laughs) by her Bye. <laughs> because <laughs> because I don't, it's just I don't know but it, it was just it was a weird relationship for a hot while like all it of was. us were under a lot of pressure because it was one of those jobs where they try to make you do like five jobs in one mm. I mean lot. it can be summed up by the fact that I got shingles from that job because I was so, so stressed it was so dysfunctional. The management was absolutely horrendous. And yeah, I mean, you can continue t- telling it, but I mean, it was, it, she's, that's yeah, true. All of it, it. was horrible. It Not going to lie. Horrible. When I think of shingles, I like picture something that you get like crossing the sea in the 1700s and you're six years. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. What are you thinking? No, that's not measles. Chicken? No, not chicken pox. Is it just like severe chicken pox or something? Yes. So shingles is a version of the chicken pox virus. And typically you don't get it until you're much older, like in your 50s and 60s. And you can only get shingles if you've had chicken pox. Um, But how it develops in people who are younger is under like massive stress. So I let's just go off on this little tangent really quick i it started in my back and it felt like this horrible muscle spasm and that just like wouldn't go away it felt like it was just constantly like sore and spasming and finally i went to the doctor because i it started hurting like and the hurt was like a low like so it's like nerve damage is what shingles is. And so in that spot in my back that felt like the muscle spasm was actually my nerves were being damaged in my back. And so that started like a low pulsing, like pain. Anyway, that's when I went to the doctor and like, you have shingles. It was horrible. That does sound horrible. And goodness, you guys had each other during this terrible office job. Like what what other like that you had that job so you guys can meet each other basically oh it's very true sure 
we went through a lot of stuff in that job though too like friendship wise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh but actually like by the end of it we did end up being friends and then is that's when you moved to oc yeah yeah orange county and then i quit like i don't know like six months later or whatever and then somewhere along that line she was gonna move back and i needed a new roommate because mine was moving back to texas where i'm from and so we ended up getting an apartment together and that was had its whole other set of like issues (laughs) and actually like yeah we went through a lot of a lot of stuff there um but it ended up strengthening the friendship to something that like neither of us I think ever really expected it to be yeah yeah this friendship is definitely literally the only friendship that I've ever had where we've grown together it's not just like you have a fight and you get over it but you still have like lingering like resentment or whatever like I feel like everything that we've and not to say that it's been like an easy ride because like you said it's definitely not but we have grown together so much that it's I don't know impenetrable well because I I think that's something that really like for me on my side something that really helped was this idea that she presented because I had I had only had one roommate before her and that was a shit show in itself. And so, can I cuss on here? Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> Please that do. like reintacts like the second half of my vocabulary. We're good. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Except for Rachel's, and it's really funny when she swears. <laughs> I've only dropped one F bomb this whole time. Well, but we're hoping for a it. second one. We are. We're. we're <laughs> Uh, I had only had one roommate before and so once I once Jess and I moved together like she knew more than I did and so she started implementing these things that we would call like our adult conversations where we would have to sit down and like if something was happening in the apartment we would really talk it out and try to really figure it out Um, and I think the thing that I learned a lot from that is number one to have those conversations because that's beyond important and that's not even just for roommates just like everyone any kind of relationship besides like having those conversations is also I think what I learned was first I would get triggered by her in my head it was like her confronting me of something that I was doing wrong and so I'm sitting here like oh my god like she's an asshole like what the hell and at some point like I have to talk myself down and realize that like, she's not being an asshole. Like she's doing this because she genuinely wants to fix this. And so I had to like work myself back down and be like, no, 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 calm down. There's no emotion in this. It's just a very simple issue. You're not doing the dishes right. So we're doing it this way. Okay. She knows that that's true. That was the issue. Dishes are a tricky bitch. really though this is like kind of the perfect segue though like how you guys got to know each other because when we came to you with um wanting to be on the episode we always ask like is there a time where you felt hopeless and how did you find that hope again and you came to us with a story about roommates and so being on like you having that experience with Jessa having that good experience like knowing what 
a good roommate situation can be and then coming to us with hey like I have a story for you I'm excited to dive into it so yes. that's like a perfect segue I think <laughs> it really is I didn't plan that guys I swear no we're unscripted over here so totally unscripted <laughs> um I had Jessa as the roommate and then we moved away from each other and not because we did, we hated each other. We still loved each other. Everything was fine. Um, I um, adulted up in life and got my own apartment. So. Oh, so I didn't adult up? <laughs> you eventually, we'll get there. Yeah, true. That's later in the story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I actually, I had a friend that I had known since we were kids, like since kindergarten. She and I had grew up together and we had been talking about moving to LA uh for a long time and at some point like finally she was ready to move and so we finally did that moved in together here right after like Jess and I split and uh, like kind of what you were, what you were saying Tash was like I had this idea of like a good roommate and how the situation should could could and should go of like having these adult conversations and and trying to make it a 50-50 thing I think something that I didn't necessarily well, there were a lot of things that I didn't necessarily like see coming, but one of the biggest ones was that I kind of saw coming was like, this is her first roommate situation. So it's going to be a lot for, for her to like dive in and then already have to have these adult conversations and already have to like make sure that it's 50-50 and you're doing this and I'm doing this and it works. So I like kept trying to have those conversations and try to, I tried to do it like the best way I could. And like, I don't want to be rude about this person, but like, there were a lot of emotional triggers that came from telling her that, I, that she was quote unquote doing something wrong. That had a lot to do with the issues we were having. And it just kind of like got bigger and bigger from there. Along the way, I kind of realized that her and I, uh, our friendship was built on a lot of manipulation. I don't want to, I'm not, I don't want to play the victim, but like a lot of it was towards me. And I know that because I've like, my brother used to manipulate me all the time. Like that's brothers and all that stuff. I'm like kind of used to it at this point, but I didn't realize the different forms of it, I guess. And so like coming from her, I didn't expect it from her at all. I thought we had a good friendship, but that there were just some kind of issue, like red flags that I didn't totally look at. I was just kind of like, no, that's okay, it's fine. But there was also a layer of it where I thought I was a terrible person because of things that I wasn't letting her do because she was kind of trying to like manipulate me into doing, if that makes sense. For the longest time, I thought I was a shitty person. It wasn't before, until- Like before you guys moved in together. Yeah, before we moved in together. While we moved in together, she, there was a specific night where like, something really big happened. We ended up talking at the end of the night about it. And she, for the first time I heard her say the word manipulate, like she manipulated me to do this. And it like the floodgates opened of like, oh, got it. And so I think ever since then, my emotion towards her was kind of like cut off because I was, my body was like, no, you can't continue with this anymore. Like there's no more emotion going to this person. It cannot happen. Uh, that was actually, I think four months, five months before the pandemic happened and then the pandemic happened and then it was like we're stuck here together and it was like shit like I'm <laughs> stuck here with this person that I don't have emotional 
connection with anymore. And like, she was fighting with it and trying to like, trying to fix the relationship. But at the same time, if like, I was saying that there was an issue that she had, it was like, no, 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 it's you. It's not me, it's you. What? Yeah. Yeah. So Which I think- just to like break that down a little bit and like everything that you're kind of talking about is somebody who is willing to come to a conversation and the quote unquote, con- like do the confronting versus somebody who is so unwilling to do, to be confronted and have those conversations and look at themselves and just all the things. Um, and so when you're at that space in your life where I like to call it leveling up, like where you're just leveling up kind of your consciousness, your self-awareness, it makes those intimate relationships even more difficult when the other person is either not willing or not capable to meet you at that spot. And so even if you guys are coming to the same, like the conversation or the fight with the same issue, like the dishes or whatever, if one person is trying to have like this high level conversation and this other person is in victim mode and just can't even take in what you're saying other than being attacked, then it creates this miscommunication, which I feel like was the basis of the issue for you guys. And then on top of that is when you got to the like overall friendship for, you know, 20 plus years of it like feeling manipulated, right? Yeah. And I think, (laughs) yeah, to also add on to that too, is like when I had these conversations, she had victim mode on and the metaphor I have for it is like throwing a cat in a bathtub full of water. It was like, that's how (laughs) she felt was like, Mm. she needed to scratch and claw to get herself out. And so like, I would have to, if I was just coming to something, coming with her, coming to her with something like doing the dishes wrong, then it became this thing of like, well, you're not letting me do this. You're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. And I had to like fend all of those off and try not to let those get to me emotionally, which was hard in itself because I'm an emotional person. I'd have to fight through all of that just to finally at some point later on get to the real person on the other side that was like, oh, okay, I got it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not doing the dishes correctly. Okay, I'll, yeah, I'll fix that. <laughs> well, and I feel like too, when you're coming up, which of course we've talked about this a lot, but when you're coming up against those, that kind of situation, I feel like obviously there are other conversations. Like if you guys were in a space where both of you wanted the, the friendship to continue, like those conversations that were happening like concurrently with the dishes conversations needed to happen separately from the dishes conversation in order for the friendship to continue and flourish and grow. Yeah. It got to a point where she wanted me to put like post-it notes on her door to say like, Hey, you're not doing this. Can you do this? So that it would take away the confronting portion. It was like, you say it because I don't know what I'm trying to say. Either. The interaction, just yeah. completely wanting to sidestep the interaction, sidestep the confrontation. Yeah. Yeah. That's like somebody who is not willing, which is basically the first step into leveling up into change. Like you have to be willing to do it. Like, yeah, a cat is going to freaking hate itself when it gets thrown into the bathtub like fuck it's not gonna be happy but I have seen kitty cats that are like please 
turn the water on for me and like beg for the water it's so weird so it has to be like inside to say okay i am gonna get into this water i'm gonna jump in i'm gonna jump into leveling up i'm gonna jump into changing i'm gonna jump into this new situation i'm gonna jump into new conversations where these conversations are going to allow us to grow together as roommates rather than apart. Yeah. What I'm hearing, I'm hearing two things. Number one, this person is the type of person that really could benefit from life coaching of some kind of just being able to not take things so personally. Right. And just be able to say there's, my emotions around what's happening and then there's what's happening and those are not the same thing Mm -hmm. the unfortunate thing is oftentimes people who are not willing to even look inward like you can't even talk to this person those are the people that are not willing to do the work unfortunately a lot of the time so it's when we're in relationship with these type of people it can feel it's it can feel very disempowering because you're like you clearly need help and yet you're unwilling to be helped. Yeah, and I think that was, so going back to the thing that I was saying about me feeling like I was a bad person, that was kind of my whole thing was I wanted to help and I wanted to like help talk her through things and and always kind of be there for her and, and like try to, like kind of the biggest thing of her moving to LA was her not fully like believing in herself that she could get here. And so it was always this big thing of like, I kept trying to push and push like, no, 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 you're listening to the wrong voices. Like listen to this voice. And so it was like, I was trying so hard to get her here so that she could get here. And then like, now she has all these opportunities and stuff like that. The big thing of our relationship was like me putting in so much effort. At some point, I just started to realize that I like was not getting anything in return, basically. And that point of like realization when you kind of, oh, I am actually getting like diminishing returns almost on this situation how was it like at that bottom when you're feeling that how were you trying to find hope to get to the other side to look for something that like you kind of alluded to it a bit at the beginning there that you do have your own place now so what was giving you hope in those times when it was just feeling like shit there wasn't a lot honestly, to be completely honest, like there wasn't a lot of any sort of hope. It was kind of the the main thing that I remember was I had kept seeing these like inspirational quotes on Instagram or something. And it was always something like, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And so I'm sitting here in this like dark moment and I'm just thinking to myself, like, it's getting worse. It's going to get better. Like, it's going to get better. You're going to get out of the lease. You're going to have your own apartment. It's going to be better. You got to hold on. Even that wasn't helping that much. Like at some point, like I really, I did turn to alcohol at some point and tried to like, tried to go down that route, like not going too deep into it. Cause I, I've lived around people who are very into alcohol. And so I'm like, I know not to push myself too far down that road, but it was still affecting me where I'd wake up the next day, like hangover and everything. And I'm just feeling like pure shit. And it was just like, that's, you're not helping. You're making it worse. And that phase was also concurrent with the beginning of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So it was this whole thing that you were already going through with your living situation and (laughs) the pandemic right on top of that 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, going so, through one thing alone is like dealing with a crabby roommate is one thing that is stressful enough to deal with. But then adding on a pandemic where now you're literally stuck indoors with this person for like all the days long because we can't leave the house yeah. is a totally whole new different board game. I will say too, the thing that helped me, and I'm not just saying it because she's here right now, but like the one thing that really helped me was calling Jessa like over and over and over. And I'm pretty sure she hated it after one point, but that's okay. <laughs> Where I just like, I needed, I needed some like reassurance. I needed somebody to talk to that knew how to talk to me and knew how to like settle down the emotions and just be like, it's going to be okay. You got this and this and this, let's talk through this part. Let's talk through this part. And like, that really helped a lot. So thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. I think the thing that works so well with us is that we're not afraid anymore to not necessarily hurt the other person's feelings, but be real. But yeah, like throughout the days though, I mean, that was, so you moved into your own place in what, August or September? Uh, September or October, one of those. October. I think September. So that was March to September, October that mm -hmm. you spent that time in the house with her during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I know that you said like alcohol is what you turned to. And there were other things that you did too that mm -hmm. helped like kind of get you through the day. Do you want to talk about those a little bit? I tried to really dive into like the creative side because I think my creative side, because I think like, so pre, um, I was about to say pre-puberty and I don't know why, but. <laughs> because wow. that has, that is how long COVID has felt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not wrong, honestly. Yeah. Um, like pre-pandemic, I was doing acting classes and I was um, working all the time. And so I think like after that happened, after the pandemic happened and like we couldn't, I couldn't go to acting class anymore. Like we started it on Zoom, but it wasn't really doing the same things to me anymore. Um, so a lot of like my creative side just kind of shut down and I wasn't, I wasn't doing things to, I guess, show myself love in that, in that realm of the creative. So yeah, I started doing just random things, whatever I could, I tried to just let it happen, like let it come to me. And at some point, like I, I started doing like photo shoots in my bedroom at like 11 o'clock at night that had like um, color lights on them and like try to make them all nice and cool. I did another one where I found somebody was throwing out a broken mirror and I took it. Hopefully they don't hear this. Sorry, I took your mirror. <laughs> and, and I like cracked it even more and then did like photo shoots like from that angle so that, you, so that it, like there were cracks all over my face. I don't think I've seen those pictures. Yes, you have, Jessa. Not the cracked mirror ones. Yes, you okay. have. <laughs> because it's the one that you commented like that I should name them all. Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Your memory is better than my memory of my memory. That's one of our <laughs> greatest attributes in this friendship. <laughs> That's literally how a lot of our conversations go is like, I don't remember that. Well, it happened, Jessa. 
it happened. I just have to take his word for it now because, I mean, you guys know I have just the shittest memory. And I feel like I've had to, myself and my friends have had to, like, come to terms with, like, it's just an endearing, hopefully, quality now at this point. It's not, like, completely annoying. But, yeah, so that and also, I mean, what I was kind of trying to get at with that question is, like, yes, you were in a really dark place. Yes, you were turning to anything to kind of try and make you feel better. And you were also like actively doing things to help make you feel better, whether they worked Mm. or not necessarily all the time. That wasn't even necessarily the point. It was that you continued to try. And I think that goes back to kind of what Tash's initial question was about like, how did you get through to that moment of actually moving? And I guess I'll let you answer that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think that's very true. I didn't, I don't think I've ever thought about it in that way either though. Even up to this day, I haven't realized that like, even even the good and the bad i was still trying yeah um so that was yeah i had i had been doing therapy before that that was another option too and and i think this was actually one of the biggest things that helped a lot to get me through was going i had a therapist first and then i started realizing some issues with her and so i had to cut her off and find a new therapist too and then i found this other therapist and I have been doing the best work ever with any therapist. I've only had two, so it's not that hard, but like, <laughs> a, like a lot of work and like things have just, I think that really saved me. I know that it was only like an hour a week, but like that saved me a lot was constantly having somebody to really talk to and like have somebody besides Jess, obviously that like really validated, um, my experience and uh and kind of gave me new ways like she would sometimes challenge me like okay well this week how about like let's write in your journal like once a day or something and so it was just finding things like that that whether or not I mean mostly they should be like things that make you feel better about yourself so like don't go to alcohol that's a good (laughs) idea don't do that uh but like yeah really focusing on Focusing on healing and focusing on getting yourself through it has Mm -hmm. really like helped. So this is just an observation and you can like reject or modify it if you like. But what I am noticing is like your unconscious mind was like already on board with all the change and like leveling up and being ready for a space where you have those conversations with people, like Jessica calls them adult conversations, but it was your conscious mind that needed to catch up a little bit to like get on board with, okay, like I'm leveling up past my old roommate and now it's time to change. Definitely. I think that that has been something, I think it really started when I moved here that like I started going to therapy, I think the year after I moved here. And I have always had this thing of, although I've realized recently that it's actually not good the way I've been doing it, but like, I've always wanted to find something to fix myself. So I've always been in that kind of mindset of like, 
wanting to like, okay, here I have this issue, then I need to start working on that now. And then I have this issue, I need to start working on that. Again, the way I was like going going at it was I was trying to fix myself so that like maybe then I could be a better person, you know? So that's kind of always been in, in a thing for me. And then, yeah, for sure, it like it made its huge grand entrance when it when Jess and I uh, lived together and like having those adult conversations. And I think the moment that it really happened where there was the biggest switch was I... I had gotten a cat when we were living together, but I wasn't necessarily like taking care of both of us very well. Mm. Like I thought, I thought that I would get a cat and it would just fix my issues. Like obviously like, and I think what happened was I wasn't ready necessarily to like get all the, like the financial stuff going and, and figure all that stuff out. And so I was always like trying to find the cheapest litter, which ended up was like with the ammonia smell, like that would, it would stink up the whole apartment. I tried to keep her just in my room and like the ammonia kept happening. Like every time I would open my door, it would just like flood into the rest of the apartment. And I was kind of blind to this a little bit. Like I, I think I like knew it was somewhat happening, but at some point, because I was living right in it, I didn't realize it was a thing. And then Jessa sat me down and, and like the first thing that she said to me was like, I feel disrespected. And I like, couldn't handle it because I, and again, like I had to like talk myself down for a minute because I'm, I'm thinking like, no, like she's being an asshole again. God damn it. All this stuff. And then. And at some point I really had to like talk myself down and be like, no, she's right. Like, you know that she's right. She's been right this entire time. And so, and like, that wasn't our first time talking about the litter smell and all that stuff. I had tried different things, but nothing was really working. And finally- And that's why I said that I, I was like, I was trying to remember like, why did I say I felt disrespected? It's because we had had that conversation several times and I was like, nothing's being done about this. Yeah. And like, I, and for the record, I did try some things, but it just wasn't like doing enough. Yeah. And like, oh, and then it was, uh, she said that one of her friends came by and like smelled the apartment. And I think she used the word disgusting. And then at some point, like that hit me. And I like, (laughs) I had to, I had to pause the adult conversation, go into my room and cry for a minute. And then I came back out. And thought it was over but I kept crying so kind of going back to the thing of me saying that I always want to fix things with myself it was something that I was realizing that kind of with my upbringing and like and growing up gay and stuff like that like you you feel like there's something about you that needs to be fixed so that you'll be loved so living in this apartment it was like I kept getting triggered by all these things because these were all things that were bad about me that I wasn't good at dishes that I wasn't doing this I wasn't doing that I wasn't taking out the trash you know And so that initial trigger was me thinking like, oh crap, like I'm a terrible person. Like, you know, she's not going to love me anymore because I'm, I'm not doing this, you know? And I think that moment where we sat down and, and I was able to like cry in front of her and talk it out and really understand what I was doing and why I was doing it and all that, like that was a big change for me of realizing that, that the bad things don't mean that you're a terrible person. Like, just because you're not good at this doesn't mean you're, you're like worthless, you know? And I think the fact that she, she sat there and like, even though I was getting emotional and because I was sitting there like of a problem that I had caused, she was still sitting there with me and still talking me through it and not telling me how worthless I was. 
she wasn't telling me how like shitty of a person I am and all this stuff. And it was like, this is kind of refreshing. You know, that was the big moment of realizing like, who gives a shit? Like, yes, fix these things that like, if you're not good at dishes, okay, learn, you know, it's something to learn instead of taking that in as like, you're worthless. Like you can't do something. Oh, well, goodbye. Go fall in a hole. Yeah. Well, and I think too, that is a conversation that I very distinctly remember. What I think I felt more than anything from that conversation was it felt almost like what was going on in your outside world was a direct reflection of what was going on in your inside world and having that conversation and being able to air it out being for you to get emotional and kind of like have that release and for me to be there and be like hey like let's take care of ourselves you know like let's be there for ourselves and each other of course but like let's address this issue because obviously like we can see that this is not working for you and obviously it's not working for me because I'm like talking to you about it all the time so like let's address this and so yeah just like try and hold space for you but that was the biggest moment where I was like oh you know your your outside world seemed to be that direct reflection of your inside world and that's where because up until that point from my perspective, I was like, I cannot fucking wait to get out of this living arrangement. Like I loved you. Of course we were friends and I just couldn't handle the roommate stuff, but having that moment with you, I was like, Oh, like this is somebody that I truly deeply care about that is hurting, that needs help, that wants help. That's willing to have these conversations and that is why I stayed. That is why I sat there. That is why, I, you know, helped, like, helped you through that. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I know that sounded sarcastic, but that wasn't sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> you said that I wish every single person on the planet understood, right? Is like when people come to us to have a conversation or even if it's not um, meant to be an adult conversation, if it's just an event that happens, whatever happened is separate from the meaning that I take away. Like, what am I taking it to mean about myself that there's dishes in the sink? What am I taking it to mean about myself that the apartment is smelly? And we do this unconsciously all the time. We attach meaning and we attach our value and we attach our personality to just happenings, events, things in our lives. And when we can separate that and say, wait a second, just because we're having a conversation about the dishes actually doesn't mean anything about me at all. It's just a conversation. Um, That's real growth right there. That's, that is becoming an adult definitely I wasn't ready for that but here we are (laughs) yeah it's growing pains we've all at I mean maybe some people are already just magically born without awareness I wasn't (laughs) I took everything personally for a very long time until I was exhausted of taking things personally yeah yeah well and the yeah same David was my fourth or fifth roommate I think at that point and so this like that skill didn't just 
happened that I was like, Hey, let's have an adult conversation about how to do the dishes correctly. Like I had been almost like 10, like probably eight years of nasty, horrible roommate situations, learning how to respect the other person and deal with that. And then finally I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to live alone. Cause I, (laughs) I just can't, I just can't, I can't do it anymore, but yes. Side note about dishes and roommates. Why is it always the dishes that cause the problems? <laughs> it is like, not for me. Let me tell you. I for will me, do dishes and my all roommates, day. it was like, or one roommate, I should say, it was the dishes so bad. Okay. My issue was, Jessa, I'm looking at you. Yeah, I, she yeah. used so many dishes. I do. I, I use a lot of dishes. So many in one mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And like I all use the, forks. the minimum. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't have to, if I had to, if I could just live off of like the paper plates or whatever, like if, if or like a take to go thing or whatever, like I could do it. But her, it was like, I would come home and it was just like, there they are. And I was like, this is oh. how I picture it. Like Jessa, like one lick per spoon must put <laughs> in the dishwasher. <laughs> and then David's like over here, like got my spork ready to go. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not far not off, honestly. Yeah. Dishes don't bother me. I'll tell you what really gets on my nerves is laundry. Mm. I had a roommate one time. Um <laughs> god so in the apartment complexes where i'm from i don't know if your guys's are the same but the laundry room is tiny there's room for a washer on one side a dryer on one side and there's like a little space for you to wiggle in and out of in the middle he would pile up his laundry so high that i literally couldn't even get to the washing machine or the dryer and he was stinky smelly because (laughs) just all the sports and he would just throw his sports uniforms in there and I'd be like gagging (laughs) oh wait this is in your apartment huh this is in your apartment yes yeah oh my god okay okay this is a different situation because I for the most part always had a laundry um room outside of the apartment and so I'm like how why does their laundry bother you? I don't understand. Oh, now I get it. Problem. Yeah, it was a shared, like the apartments where I'm from in Northern California, a lot of them come with a laundry room, but it's not really a room. It's like, it's off of your kitchen and it's literally like a sliding door and behind the sliding door, there's a washer, a dryer, and there's literally space for a body to move in and out. And he would throw his clothes in there and let them pile up to the freaking ceiling. And I would so many times I, and I was like more maybe passive, not passive aggressive, but just passive. Like, could you please like do your laundry today? That'd be so helpful. Thanks. And then he'd be like, yeah. And then he wouldn't. And I'd be like, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was fun. Well, luckily I didn't have to deal with any of the bras. I, it was all her. (laughs) Thank God. Ah. Although, although, she had her door open like all the time and I, i'm sorry i just i'm having fun i'm gonna call you out okay uh, <laughs> like what are you I gonna say just, i would see mounds mountains of clothes all over the floor oh yeah all i mean over d- everybody has like 
a, a clothing mound somewhere like a clothing I chair do. or a clothing spot in your room that just like all your shit all your <laughs> it's for the clothes that are too dirty to go back into the closet and not dirty enough to go into the hamper okay i have a pile closet. like that is that a girl thing though i know because my thing. husband does that does he? okay now we know Gender neutral piles of and clothes. And it's like all like I'll fold up all his clothes and like put them like in the spot like beside the laundry room. And then it's like he takes from that spot. But then he has another pile where it's like, OK, he wore that T-shirt once. And just like he said, Jess, it's like not dirty enough to go to the laundry again. But it's like also not clean enough to go back in the closet. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, laundry what is What is that? Because if it's clean at all like are we so worried that it's gonna like infect the other clean clothes in the cloth like I don't understand well I'll tell you what it is for me but uh, but if you're not doing this then I don't understand the logic so I literally <laughs> have a I literally have a pile of clothes that's like dirty slash clean and right next to it I have my Febreze so I if I want to rewear the clothes, I freeze them first. Dave is gonna spit his water out. <laughs> I'm fine, everything's fine. <laughs> is that weird? Yeah. Am I a freak? What's I happening? Mean, no, but like I'm... my Febreze is far away from the clothes. <laughs> I've never used Febreze on my clothes before. I'm I like that you out. have it right beside your bed, like right beside the pile. You're like yeah. ready. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if this just go yeah, searching if this and I... video, I'd take everybody into my room right now and show you <laughs> pile of clothes, Febreze. <laughs> so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, this tangent has gotten very far yeah, away. What are we talking about <laughs> from the episode? But David, I would love to like end with like one last question for you. I've heard you mention a couple of times now this phrase, talk yourself down. And I was just wondering if you could give our listeners maybe a little bit of advice or just a little bit more detail about how you do that for yourself. Yeah, um, I think a lot of I think a lot of it has to do with just in general, like being kind to yourself. That's probably the biggest thing because like Justin knows, I used to beat myself up a lot. I think at some point I just had to realize that I had to have somebody on my team at all times. And like, I was looking for friends to do that for me, but it's like, you have a person right here, you know? And so I think a lot of the talking yourself down is about being kind to yourself and not judging yourself so that you can just have these conversations and sit down and, and like journal it out or, or shoot, I've like sat in front of a mirror before and literally talked to myself. I'm probably crazy. I'm not sure. That's okay. No, I've done it too. Unless we're both crazy. Well, that makes three of us. <laughs> Rachel's like, no, no, it's just you guys. <laughs> I looked in the mirror and told myself I'm not crazy. Is that what it is? No, no just, just, just talk to yourself. Oh, talk to myself. Yeah, I talk to myself all day. <laughs> See, this is the sorry, tribe. I like zoned out. I miss... <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. 
<laughs> I've had a long day. I'm not normally this quiet on the podcast. I'm so glad you said at. that because I was like, I really hope that Rachel's not hating this conversation because <laughs> he's just no. so quiet. Yeah. So as you were saying, like just talking yourself down, it really comes down to showing kindness to yourself and having that like non-judgmental attitude about what's going on, the thoughts you're thinking, the emotions that are coming up. And if you're in a place where you're still struggling to like have that mental conversation and get yourself down to a different state of mind, like that's what we're here for. That's what you can reach out to any one of us, Rachel, Jessa, or myself. And Mm -hmm. just having like that consistency with somebody like David, you with Jessa, having that consistency of somebody being there for holding that non-judgmental space for you to have the conversations, to have the emotions come up, I think is so important in the process of like once you've gotten yourself to a place where you can like talk yourself down into moving forward and putting out that new energy into your surroundings. Right. And I, th- I think that like that's exactly correct. I just realized that that's exactly what I did was I was I was always trying to talk myself down for a long time whenever I had these kind of moments, but it never fully worked for myself. Like having the conversation by myself inside of my head, it like didn't really do very much work. And I think that Jessa, as long as a couple of my other friends, like I, I always made sure that I was surrounded by people who I trusted and who I knew that I could go to in like in these moments. And I think that's like more important than anything is to have somebody like that. uh, That's somebody like that. That's all that's on your team. So that finally, like you can release yourself and like, and allow yourself to be on that team as well. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So giggling about, (laughs) I don't know. I just, I also kind of not, not like spaced out, but I was just like, this is so cool to see like three of my favorite people right now. That's Aww. what I was thinking about. Aww. Sorry. <laughs> are you looking at yourself in that scenario? <laughs> yeah. Who are you excluding? Bitch? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Snap. And on that note, I think that is a fabulous <laughs> episode. We dove into like how to deal with roommates, like how to kind of get yourself into a space where knowing that the relationships you have around you are important and they can either set you up to grow together or they set you up for lessons and learnings and teachings. Boom. Absolutely. What a great way to summarize that. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hopefuls, we'll see you next week on Babes with Hope. Bye. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Babes with Hope. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of our coaching programs, you can reach us directly at babeswithhope.thinkific.com. That's babeswithhope.thinkific.com. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.